You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, gang? Welcome in the Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. I want to say that tonight's show is brought to you by Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. It was birthed out of the burden uh, to help those in the community and congregations who come out of an addictive or difficult past and uh, lifestyle. So uh, we want to also go ahead and say that um, in honor of that, we're going to go ahead and announce the winner of our contest for the autographed Quay Walker jersey. So this is kind of exciting. Um, we'll get that out of the way, and then we'll go ahead and announce our next giveaway that we're going to be setting up. I'm really excited about that. So the winner of that drawing was actually Aaron Nelson of St. Paul. Yeah, St. Paul, Minnesota. That's where we need to make clap sound, right? But uh, Aaron Nelson from St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, appreciate the donation uh, to uh, to the ministry, and also uh, congratulations on the Quay Walker jersey. Good stuff there. Exciting. Now, the next giveaway we're going to do, um, I think we're going to do the same type of giveaway. You've got the opportunity to donate to uh, FGR the same way. And this time, it's going to be an autographed Paul Horning jersey, uh, which nice. is really cool. It's actually, uh, you can see right here, it's going to be very similar to this one without the uh, the accolades that was on the bottom of that one. So it'll be an autograph. It'll be the green home jersey. Uh, Beckett style, and we're going to do the same kind of, kind of setup. You'll see me post a tweet, and once that tweet is posted, um, you can just uh, make sure you retweet that tweet, make sure you're following the account, and also we're going to attach FGR to that one again. So if you want to uh, donate to a good cause and enter yourself into the hat multiple times for every $5 you donate, that'll get you entered in one additional time, and that is really what helped uh, helped our guy here, Aaron Nelson in St. Paul, Minnesota, win that autographed jersey was the uh, donation, you know, putting yourself in the hat multiple times. So got that out of the way. What we're going to do tonight, guys, is chalk talk. And, uh, man, it's uh, Ryan, it's a lot easier to do a chalk talk segment after a win, man. I'm, I'm just excited. I just want to watch it again. I don't know if I, I don't know what I'm going to say about it, but I just want to see it. Let's just put it on loop and just have fun. <laughs> Exactly. And it, and it really was. It was the Christian Watson show. Yeah, and right. uh, him and Rudy Ford, they kind of took over. And guys, understand, I'm not saying that these are the only important plays of the game. We had to narrow it down to five and it was tough. You know, one of the honorable mentions was Aaron Jones's touchdown run. It was absolutely electric. Right. That was a play that that I wanted to get in and we couldn't. Um, there's a couple little plays here and there, too, like the back shoulder throw to Sammy Watkins. I really wanted to highlight that, just the placement of the ball, Sammy Watkins, uh, how you can go from the way he played in Detroit to how he played against Dallas is just unbelievable crazy. to me. But um, I know he didn't have a crazy stat line, but made some crucial catches, and, and he and Aaron were, for whatever reason, on the same page that night. But um, we're going to do this in chronological order, too. The whole purpose of these Chalk Talk you know, kind of game review segments is we want to – kind of look at the game from a sense of how did things unfold and what were key plays and key moments, right? Those, those times, those crucial times in the game where you would kind of look up and go, man, if that play hadn't happened, this game probably would have went the other direction. I think that's real important to kind of touch on that. So before we get started, I'm just going to hit up the chat here real quick. We got Nate the Great in the house saying, what's up? Go Pack Go. 
Um, Nate said me. I won the jersey. Sorry, Nate. No, you didn't, man. That's that's not how <laughs> it works. Right? <laughs> but thanks for tuning in, pal. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's go ahead and share the screen, Ryan. Let's get right into the first play, man. Make sure to just confirm you can see that. Yep. All right, here we go. This first play came in the second quarter, 7-0-9. It was third and goal play. We were losing 7 to nothing, guys. Right here, it's like, okay, just keep them out of the end zone. I remember thinking, play that quarter coverage. Play that shell. If you want to disguise a cover six, whatever you got to do, Let's bend but don't break here. Let's let's make them come away with a field goal, and we got something even better. This was the Rudy Ford interception, okay? And the first thing I want to point out here is Dallas came out an 11-gun empty. You know, that was something that they did so many times, Ryan, when Mike McCarthy was in Green Bay, and we still continue to do it to a certain extent in Green Bay, but this is one of McCarthy's specials. Run out of 11 personnel, run out of 11 personnel, and then come out in 11 personnel. You've got them in their nickel and spread everything out wide. So up top, you've got the T receiver. It's actually the halfback, right? It's probably Pollard. I didn't go through the the uh, through all the time to, to determine where everyone is. But the one thing I wanted to point out is something we've seen all game long, and that was this tight split right here between the tight end and C.D. Lamb. For whatever reason, McCarthy really wanted to press the middle of the <laughs> with the uh, tight end kind of clearing the way for C.D., Right. So again, it was 11 gun empty. You got the tight end and CD Lamb there in a close split. And the, the goal was for the tight end to kind of walk the safety out and allow CD to work the middle of the field underneath. And this is something I mentioned on the show, Ryan, that I thought he did a really good job is Isaiah McDuffie. He really showed that he had some vertical movement all game long and he would ride that wave out and really pinch off that route. Uh, at the top of the uh, top of the stem, which was uh, it was kind of exciting to see, man. I think we've, I think he's someone who's very very underappreciated is Isaiah McDuffie, um, you know, there especially on special teams as well. Did he kind of flash to you Sunday before I break this play down, Ryan? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to like look at each individual player and how they did, but it just just watching it live, I remember seeing McDuffie out there and just thinking that's it's really surprising. You know, you always just assume these guys are going to be liabilities and they're going to get picked on. Not only did he not get picked on, he looked confident, he looked comfortable, and he was out there making plays. So that was exciting. Absolutely. I completely agree. And he was one of the guys on my list of five that I really wanted to watch. And and I, I seen him as we've got us a solid backup linebacker next year. That's great. Yeah. That's great news. And a good special teams contributor. So that's awesome. So what the Packers did against this 11 empty, 11 gun empty, they came out and countered with a nickel two, four, five. That's two down linemen or two defensive linemen, right? Two of the big body linemen. And then you have four linebackers. So you had your two edge linebackers and your two inside linebackers, right? And they came out in a 9-5-3-9 tech, okay? So you've got a wide nine technique here at the bottom uh, on the outside. You've got your uh, five technique with your first defensive lineman. Then you've got your three technique over here with this defensive lineman and then another wide nine. You guys, it was frustrating. I'm sure you agree, Ryan. When we watched the game, watching them run those halfback draws at times, it's like, what are we doing up the middle of the field? This was it. We were basically begging Dallas to run up. Yeah, we especially on passing downs, it's like you can have it, you can have it, but we're gonna press this edge. They ran a little, a, a couple loops here and there that really caused some confusion. But um, if you notice too on this, the boundary corners are eight to ten yards off the line. Now down here, Jair really sugared a little bit. He tried to show a cover six look, but you've seen him bell at the last second. Notice how far Rasul is off off the, the line of scrimmage up here. And then what you got is the linebackers playing what we call that rack coverage that me and uh, Coach Han had talked about before. So these guys all have deep, um, deep responsibilities, right? Really, they're kind of playing that goal line, and they want to use that back line as an extra defender. And these linebackers are going to be playing rat backer. They're going to be playing underneath the zone. So imagine this as a cover two zone underneath that the backers are going to cover. And uh, as we kind of roll the tape forward here, the first thing you know is um, you've got the uh, tight end Schultz here. Watch him work the middle of the field, right? And you can kind of see he's going to try to work and clear that out for C.D. Lamb. Now, why? if you notice after the play, C.D. Lamb is jawing at him. I don't know if you noticed that, Ryan, on the TV copy or whatever during the game live. But he was upset saying, you've got to clear that out for me. Well, why didn't he clear it? Watch our boy McDuffie in the middle. He gets hands on him right there, just enough to knock him off route, right? And that really slows everything. So not only did he slow that down, then look at McDuffie get lateral, and he yeah. takes that inside away. McDuffie makes this play go, 
And Dak, of course, getting a little bit of pressure here from that wide nine. He has to step up and he thinks, man, my clock's already my clock's already ran out. I got to get rid of this ball. And as soon as he presses, McDuffie has CD covered underneath. And then look at look at Rudy Ford just jump this route, man. I mean, that dude, you talking about having a ball game, Ryan, and then having yeah. the wherewithal to to return it like that for those extra yardage yards too. So again, the key to this play for me, Ryan, McDuff McDuffie playing lamb tight and really pinching off that inside route that they wanted to go to. And then Rudy just having great eye discipline and jumping this route. I mean, there is no hesitation. You guys have heard me say all year long that Darnell Savage, my biggest knock on him playing deep safety, it's like he doesn't commit one way or the other. He's okay with just losing the play, you know, play in and play out. He's he's scared to get burned by being too aggressive, but he's also not playing, you know, that that kind of that middle of the road look either. It's just kind of just out of the picture enough. We didn't see Rudy Ford out of place one time in this game, Ryan, but as we play it here, I'm going to play it on loop for you. What do you think about Rudy Ford and his first interception as a Packer? Well, it's like you said, I, I, I the speed doesn't mean anything if you're indecisive. If you're standing there, it doesn't matter if you run a 4-2 or a 5-2. You know, Rudy Ford, for good or for bad, the, the thing that was awesome, and my favorite play from him, just, you know, I mean, the interceptions were great. I mean, he's jumping routes or whatever, but the, the most impressive one was that tackle. I think it was behind the line of scrimmage where he fired out of a – like he was shot out of a cannon as soon as he saw something. I don't even know what he saw, but he saw something, and he shot directly in one direction. You don't even know where he's going, and all of a sudden he blows that guy. I mean, it's it, again, it's I'm making a decision right here, and I might be wrong, but this is what I think I need to do. This is my all my film study and my preparation and everything tells me this is what I need to do. So, I mean, you can look at it and say, okay, these are flukes. Look at the ball went right to him, but not everybody's going to make that play because not everybody's going to have that just quick – this is what I'm going to do. I, I trust my instincts. I trust my, the tape and I trust my eyes and I'm going to use my speed and my physicality and I'm going to go make a play because again, Absolutely. you can have all the tools, but if you just stand in there, you're not making any plays. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I think, I, I really think with Rudy Ford, you're going to see some mistakes. You're going to see some bad decisions. You're going to see whatever, but the coaches have addressed that and said, I'd rather you miss on a big play, trying to, trying to trust what you believe you're seeing than to just stand there and do nothing. So I think you're going to see that. You're going to see some mistakes or whatever, but I'm excited about him. He's got the size. He's got the physicality. He's got that mentality. And it sounds like he's pretty smart. I mean, he's, he's I don't want to say guessing, but he's committing. And it sounds like he's he's right when he's making decisions like this. Absolutely. And what was so cool, too, is seeing the locker room video, I'm sure you've seen it, where the media swarmed him after the game yeah. and his teammates going nuts over it, right? Yeah. Did you see that? I did, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> Awesome. And hearing Savage kind of speak highly of, you know, obviously Savage didn't get pulled. He played that that star position, that slot corner, you know, the nickel corner, if you will. Um, but just hearing him say, man, Rudy's such a humble guy. It's so cool to see him get that kind of attention. And, and I think it's absolutely awesome. So, yep. again, that play came. We were losing seven to nothing. They had a chance to go up by two scores. And, if you know, again, the big thing, I love the defensive lineman there. I love how they they brung that wide nine and really forced Dak to feel that pressure off the edge there with Preston Smith. And then, um, of course, uh, Isaiah McDuffie, he gets a plus two from me, the way that he made contact with Dalton Schultz, pushed, you know, kind of slowed his clear-out route down and then had the wherewithal to play inside and pinch off that C.D. Lamb route. Really, there was nowhere for Dak to go with the ball. I'm sure if Dak watches this tape, he goes, everything's covered, there's nothing there, throw that ball away and take the three points. But luckily for us, Rudy Ford capitalized there. So that really changed uh, the uh, complexion of the game because it was almost immediately, Ryan, you know, that happened at the seven-minute mark. At 4.54, you know, pre-play, 5.03 in the second quarter is our next play. And this is the Christian Watson 58-yard touchdown pass. Again, we were losing seven to nothing, guys. Third and one. Third and one. How many times, Ryan? Have we gotten frustrated this year yeah. because it's third and one or fourth and short, whatever it is? It's like, why are we passing, right? Yeah. This is a different kind of pass. We can deal with it when it's like this, not those RPOs, right? <laughs> so, so here it comes, guys. Let's go ahead and roll the tape. Again, second quarter, the catch is actually made or the play finishes around the 454 mark. If you want to go check it out, this was a third and one. The Packers come out in an 11A strong left off 
Trey Close. What does that mean? I'm not trying to sound smart, guys. This is just to describe to people on the pod. This is this is how the alignment is. Okay, so first of all, eleven ace. It's eleven personnel. Single back is a one syllable substitute for uh, you know ace is a, a one syllable substitute for single back. It's just a little bit easier for uh, coaches and players to communicate that. So it's eleven ace, eleven personnel, one running back, one tight end, ace, single back, and then again the second part of that is. Um, it's a, uh, a strong left off. What that means is the, the tight end is on the left side. That's the strong side of the formation. He's off the line of scrimmage. Okay. Sometimes that matters when it comes to splits and how the defense may rush the quarterback. And then you've got Trey close. Trey close simply means on the tight end side, the other two receivers are making kind of a, uh, a three wide bunch. If you will, it's a Trey close. They're all in close, uh, close proximity together, less than a, less than a yard apart, that really forces that defense to come in tight. Now, down at the bottom, you've got Christian Watson that's singled off, and that's why you want to do that. So if you do a hat count here, Ryan, you've basically got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine defenders in the box. This is as heavy a box as you're going to get, right? You've got a single high safety. They're cheating to the uh, tray side. You know, Obviously, you would. That's the kind of the side that's probably the point of attack. So what does that do? That gets our boy Christian Watson in single press man coverage down here at the bottom. And, man, I'm telling you, this dude did not disappoint. The play call was play action, drive, and go. Okay, what does that mean? For Obviously, it's a play action pass, but if you watch the upper part of the screen here, and for those of you on the pod, a drive concept is simply two receivers coming across the middle at different levels on a, uh, a drag or a double dig or even a crosser. Now, what you've seen was Samori kind of sold the run on the play fake, acted like he was going to block, and then you had Lazard clear out and take the deeper in-cutting route, and then you had Samori underneath completing that drive. So that's the drive aspect of the play, drive and go. What's the goal? The goal is at the bottom of the screen here with Christian Watson, and he absolutely cooks his defender. I, I, I love this play call. It takes some some huevos to call this on third and one here yeah. in the second quarter. But I tell you what, man, you uh, you gamble every now and then, you're going to hit the lottery. But look at this play fake, so perfect. A.J. Dillon kind of gets blown up, but, again, he gets a positive grade because he just gets in the dude's way and gives Aaron time to turn this thing loose. And this is an absolute bomb. And I love how Aaron bent it out toward the sideline. He knows the safety's in the middle of the field. But as you see, Christian has to adjust and kind of come toward the sideline here. And this corner was just swimming. Look at this, Ryan. This looks like down at the YMCA, bro. Look at this guy swimming, man. He has no chance. Off to the races. Now, I'm going to kind of jump behind here and show you Christian Watson's route. First of all, the corner is showing inside leverage, okay? Now, how does how does Christian Watson get inside and get this guy off balance? He does a little quick jab step out right there. The guy fades out. He knows he's got help inside. So Christian's going to take the inside, and at this point, Aaron knows I'm going to bend this thing to the outside. And that is an absolutely perfect pass, perfect adjustment. <laughs> That's what you want to see from a DB. Look right there, guys. <laughs> Belly flop. <laughs> you, you never want to see your defensive back who's in single coverage with no help on that, that half of the field. With his legs crossed, him on his stomach and his pelvis not even touching the ground. Like this guy. He's on his face right now. Yeah. We need R. Kelly playing, I believe I can fly right over top of this one. Right? And I know that's a sensitive subject, but I'm just just cutting the joke. Everybody calm down. Um, again, it was a three by one that holds the safety on the left side of the field. And Rogers with that great play fake. But Christian Watson, man, this route, Ryan, it's so subtle. His hips yes. are so smooth, man. So smooth. But I'm going to loop it here for you. Tell me, man, what do you think about this play? Well, first of all, I'm just trying to convince myself to not make that video because it would be hilarious, but I don't have the time for that. But I'm really like that would be the funniest thing in the world. But anyways, you know, it's 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 this is probably if I had to guess the best play he had all day. And the reason I say that is because I was listening to the Draft Dudes podcast and they talked about Christian Watson because they obviously scouted him in college or whatever. And the, the overall thing was, yeah, he had a good game, but he didn't do anything that we didn't see in college. He didn't do anything special. He's just running fast on the field or whatever. But one of the critiques they had, and I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, he obviously needs some refinement, but one of the things that they mentioned is guys are going to have to start playing press because they used the bunch, obviously, to get him free. The other one was zone. So he's not really having to deal with man-to-man -man coverage. This is man-to-man -man coverage. He's got a guy right in his face. Right. And, and beyond that, like you pointed out, this is like if, if he gets jammed up and he can't get off of it, we're in a lot of trouble because 
he he's the lone man on an island, and if he can't win, there's a whole lot of mess over to the other side as far as defense. So, like you said, I mean, it was it was beautiful the subtlety to be able to get around him. Didn't even get touched. I mean, the DB tried. He reached, but he couldn't get there. So, <laughs> one of the things I'm starting to appreciate about Christian, because obviously I don't know much about him, we haven't seen much, but he does a lot, but makes it look like a little. You know, it doesn't look like he's really doing anything, but man, I mean. It, Look at the the separation he's got there. Yeah, he, he's able to get to the outside. It didn't look like it was a big jump, but it was enough of a jump that the guy reached and could barely touch him. And then he's just off to the races. So, yeah, I don't I don't exactly know what you're going to do. And and this is the Tyreek Hill problem. If you jam him and miss, you're dead. Yep. But if you play off, well, now now you can steal yards. Now you can do all these other. Th- so they're they're really going to have a hard time. On top of that, if you play zone, then you have that issue. If you if you allow a bunch there's that issue so he's he is a serious problem i think and, and the fact that this is man coverage and they lost and christian watson won i don't know what i don't know what the solution is when you play christian i mean are you really going to double cover the rookie with like one good game and leave everybody else i don't right. know are we are we to that point already we'll find out this week i guess yeah we sure will on thursday night that's a fact what i love too here is uh as a rookie man the late hands that's huge yeah. Like that's that corner. He's he's trying to keep up, and he's also thinking, "What where's his hand?" And it's it's late hands, yeah. great catch, just absolutely perfect play, man. That was exactly what he needed. And Aaron, you know, I love what they said. How you know Aaron was talking about, and um, well, Christian talked about it in the presser. He said, um, "You know, Aaron came to me after the drop and after the the uh, the missed time on the uh, the other pass. He said, hey, look, I'm coming back to you, man. I'm coming back yeah. to you. Shake it off.'" And, and that was huge. And that's the type of stuff that we were talking about that's missing from Aaron Rodgers. Like, just that little bit of confidence right. you shown in a rookie goes so, so far, man, so far. Yep. So, uh, again, guys, that was uh, that was something that we were losing 7 to nothing. That was in the second quarter, capitalizing, turning a turnover into points. Guys, that is a 10-point swing when you really think about it. They mm-hmm. go from kicking a field goal to getting zero points and giving up seven that's how you win ball games in the National Football League. Absolutely huge play. So now we're coming out here <clears throat> in the second quarter. It's the the very next drive, guys. The very next drive. It was tied seven to seven. Two minutes and thirty seven or thirty seconds left. This was a third and ten play. Again, a third down play where Dak is going to feel pressed right here, right? And Dallas is going to come out an eleven gun three by one. It's a Y flex tied in plus Lamb close. Now, what do I mean by that? I put that in my notes for a reason. You guys remember what we talked about on the last play, the last interception. They're doing it again here. They put Lamb in motion. He comes back, looks where he settles in, Ryan. Right here. It, it actually, I don't think that is the tight end there, but look how he settles in right here. This was the game plan all game long, was to use this guy to help clear the middle out for C.D. Lamb across the middle. Now, why do you do that? In this Vic Fangio defense, typically you're playing that quarters coverage, right? You're playing that cover four coverage and you've got those backers on an island together there in the middle um you know whether you're playing rad or you're playing drop whatever it is you might blitz one occasionally the stress of that is to you want to stretch the defense uh, you know long stretch them down the field and then attack the middle underneath we've seen it time and time again it's what justin jefferson did us did to us in week one of course he's doing that to everybody in the league this year <laughs> but that was kind of the uh the approach from dallas here so again it's a uh, 11 gun three-by-one Y-flex, and then they're going to try to attack the seam. Now, Green Bay comes back out in the same exact formation, a nickel two-four-five, a little bit different alignment in the middle here, Ryan. They've got what we call a nine-four-four-nine. So you've got the wide nines again, but these guys are just a little bit closer in this time, especially on the uh, on the left side of the line of scrimmage with the defensive line. They're in four techniques. What do I mean by that? For those of you listening on the pod, zero technique is right across from the center. You've got even numbers when you're directly across from each offensive lineman. So zero techniques over top of the center, two techniques are over top of either guard, four techniques are over top of the tackle. Okay, so you've got the two down defensive linemen. They're in four techniques lining up right over the tackle. The whole purpose is to set up this wide nine, which is your outside linebackers, which would be off the outside shoulder of the tight end if indeed there was a tight end on that side of the line, and you're really pressing the outside. But they do something really cool here, Ryan. And, again, this is Rudy Ford's uh, second interception here, okay? Also, Green Bay, as as this play unfolds, I want you to kind of watch – their coverage, okay? Because to me, it looks like it's a cover six. Could possibly be a cover six, but there's definitely a cover four to the strong side. And you've got a cover two to the weak side. So as this play develops, you can kind of see how it goes here. 
And look at Rudy Ford coming across the middle. Again, you've got the two backers playing deep, and I want you to focus once again, guys. I mentioned this on the pod. Look at McDuffie here. Look at McDuffie on the strong side. He's the guy right now. He's sugaring a little bit. He's showing a little bit of pressure here on the outside like he might try to attack that middle. That's making these offensive linemen a little bit skittish. But as the ball snapped, watch McDuffie bail out. He was just sugaring, right? The ball snapped. What's he do again, Ryan? He rides CeeDee Lamb down the seam. And I'm telling you, that that right there is enough to deter him from finishing his route. And you can see Rudy Ford just jumps this ball. Now, I noticed on the TV copy, Ryan, I was like, that ball looks a little bit weird coming out. Like, was he trying to go over the top with it? And as you watch on this uh, camera behind the line of scrimmage, there you can see the four techniques. There you can see the wide nines, just how much ground it causes the offensive line to cover. But watch Inigbare here. Because what you got is these two defensive linemen, their job is going to be to rush straight. They're going to bull rush straight up the field. And their outside backers are both going to engage and try to loop around to the inside. And I picked this up on this copy right here. As we roll forward here, you can see they're talking about them wanting to um, kind of attack the seam. And what they did here uh, when it comes to the uh, – to the uh, Dallas Cowboys, they just did a little chip and shoot here with the tight end. Just wanted to chip just or uh, uh, chip Preston Smith, and then just get out there in the flat with the tight end. But watch our outside backers, and more specifically, Enigbare on this side. You're going to see him engage and watch him loop. And guess what? The rookie gets a hand on the ball. That ball was tipped, and you can see where Dak's going with the ball. He's throwing in the coverage. He's he's looking to hit C.D. Lamb over here. But we've got a guy deep, so there's a good chance it's covered. But again, like you were saying with Rudy Ford, he's not he's not afraid to make a mistake. He mm-hmm. sees this ball come out, and because he's got eyes in the backfield, he's backpedaling, backpedaling. As soon as the ball's tipped, watch him dive on this ball. Yep. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful play. And again, just wanted to point out, just like on the last play, uh, the last interception, you know, McDuffie was kind of that uh, that hero there pinching that off on the inside. On this copy here, you can see he really rides CD out, right? Watch, watch how CD had to throw his tips outside right. to get her. He's like, golly, just yep. stressing it to the max, right? That's that bend but don't break. I know people don't like to hear it, but that's what Fangio does. And the reason that I pointed out this, this was a uh, – it could have been a cover six or even a cover uh, – a cover four strong side, look at right here how the safeties end up. This is what I mean by this cover six. Rudy Ford has this quarter of the field. I I, I don't know if that's – I think it might be Savage here that's got this quarter of the field. But this guy over here, Ryan, he's away from the strong side of the formation. He's got to cover two. So he's got to cover all this ground right mm-hmm. here, right? So you end up in a cover six final, final product there. And then, of course, Rudy Ford jumping it. Absolutely beautiful play, man. I'm telling you, it was – I love watching that guy play. I think he's got all the intangibles to be great. Shows great eye discipline, no hesitation. And, uh, again, you know, Jaron Reed, too, I want to say that um, with the pressure. If you look at Jaron Reed off the left side, he really gets – look how close he gets to Dak right here. Dak's feeling this right here, Ryan, mm-hmm. especially right there in that rib cage. He's thinking there's yep. somebody right here. Yep. So, just a good – Good team effort on defense, man. But what did you think about Rudy Ford's second interception as a Packer coming on literally the very next defensive play? Yeah, no, I, I again, like you said, McDuffie really stands out. Um, it's funny because his job, it seems, is in, in this play is to kind of just be annoying. <laughs> like that's, right. that's his whole his whole thing is, you know, because this is all timing, right? It's it's all about running your route and doing it. And, and like you said, you can see CD trying to like, come on, get out of my way. And he, he, it's stretching way out to this. And now he's got to take a wide angle and try to come around. It's messing everything up. It's messing up the timing, the depth. And um, like you said, Dak is now under pressure. He's got to get rid of it. And you can tell he's staring him down. So the timing is all off. He's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And like you said, with Rudy Ford, I mean, it wasn't the hardest interception you're going to have in your life. But at the same time, like you said, as soon as his arm cocks, you can see him leaning already. Like Rudy Ford is already leaning to make a run, and he sprints as soon as that ball comes out. So um, bad decision by Dak. But, like, you know, it it comes down to just – every play comes down to just a couple people, which is one of the things that's kind of crazy as I watch this. There's always just a few people that need to make a play. And we've seen McDuffie and Ford. And like you said, you you got about four people, which is is pretty high for usual. But you got um, number 55 with the tip. You got Jaron Reed providing the pressure. But the good thing is 
there's four guys that impact this play and they all did good things. You know, it's not, Absolutely. it's not there's two or three guys. And, and the reason it failed is because one guy fell on his back or whatever, you know, you, you got McDuffie doing the job of stretch, stretching uh CD out. You got Ford keeping his eyes where they need to be and, and reacting instantly when that ball comes out and you got the pressure. So, I mean, we need more consistency, but you can see the top end talent of the defense. And that's what I really like about it. And I, and I think Ford and McDuffie are great compliments. You know, as, as we keep looking at this, I just remember trying to pick Coach Holland's brain when he was trying to describe how this defense operates, and he talks about the Tampa 2 and getting that linebacker that can be up front and has the speed to kind of get back. And we've seen McDuffie twice now do that, where he's he's starting up front and he's got to be able to quickly get back. And we know that about McDuffie. That's one of the things he does, as much as there might be weaknesses. He's a quick guy. He's fast. And yep. so I think he fits that role pretty well. We're seeing it, at least on these two plays. He drops quickly and uh, seems to be doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He's still covering and doing everything he needs to do, but um, the ability to get back and like I said, it's, he's just, he's just trying to be annoying. He's like your little brother. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And I, I just love too that it, it gives me such a peace of mind seeing in a bar, be, you know, forced into this position with Rashawn Gary going out and in no way, shape or form am I trying to downplay Rashawn Gary's, you know, role on this team. Right. But you've got a rookie that you're throwing to the fire. And, and I was kind of concerned, are they going to be able to switch them back and forth? Because, you know, sometimes Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith like to switch sides of the field and you kind of get the offensive tackles in a rhythm. And then all of a sudden, bam, you've got a brand new pass rusher with a new, a new, uh, you know, belt full of tools, that's, you know, it really changes the game up. I didn't know if Enigbari would be able to do that. He absolutely did. They rolled him back and forth all game long. And in this play right here, man, it's why we talked about pressures are just as important as sacks. And, and this may not even be counted as a pressure. I don't know exactly how it <clears throat> fell, but we do know that he impacted the play, got a hand on the ball. And you're talking about a guy that's tall. I mean, my goodness, that guy's got a heck of a wingspan. So yep. I'm excited about Enigbari. You know, when Preston Smith signed his contract – one of the things I said on the pod was this to me, it's not it's not actually five years. You're probably looking at two to three years and then the, the amount of money you can save by cutting him or if, or if they trade him or, or let him walk or whatever. Um, you know, if he decides to retire, it, it's it's really uh, set up like the traditional way that the Packers set up contracts to where there's going to be a ton of money that you can free up. Um, you know, two, three years down the road. Well, guess what? Now you've got in a bar, a, you know, already showing flashes. You give him two years of learning behind Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, and he steps right into that role at a cheaper price. I mean, this guy's pennies on the dollar. So that's uh, really exciting to see him step up. So again, we wanted to point that out because at that point, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for the sound of the pages. The game was tied at seven, right? So you already seen that 10 point swing and then tied at seven, third down, Bam, right before halftime, we always talk about the middle eight and turnover differential, and we capitalize on both here in this game. So uh, the next play, we're going to fast forward all the way to the fourth quarter. And why did I do that? Because obviously things have went kind of sour. You had the Amari Rodgers fumble uh, punt. And I want to say this about Amari Rodgers. You know, there's been a lot of talk about him getting cut. You had a lot of people celebrating it. You had some people that were going after the people that were celebrating it. You had other people that said he didn't deserve to be cut, blah, blah, blah. My opinion is – he was put in a possession, uh, put in a position to fail, and I think you would probably agree with that, Ron. I've heard you say it too. Yeah. Like, it's obvious the kid was not a punt returner. Like, right. and and the fact that they gave him so many opportunities, I know the coaching staff may be looking at it like we gave, you know, we really we really treated him fair and we gave him. I didn't, I didn't feel like they did simply because you seen he couldn't do it and you kept setting him up to fail. Um, I think he probably could have been a decent backup slot receiver, but for whatever reason, they did cut him. Um, I do know this. Keyshawn Nixon returning punch, Ryan, I, I could skip the blood pressure medicine the rest of the no game. Yeah. Like it, it was unbelievable. It was just like, why have we not been doing this before? Right. Again, that's not Amari Rogers' fault. Um, yeah. You know, if, right. there's a lot of things I'm bad at, right? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I forget to take the trash out. Luckily, my wife reminds me all the time, right? I'm not going to pretend like I'm good at remembering. Of course, I intentionally forget, but that's a story for another pod. But anyway, so I wanted to mention that because it was seven to seven. Again, get the ball back. It kind of it, it, it prevented them from scoring there immediately. And again, when you talk about the middle eight and turnover differential, it's absolutely huge. Let's fast forward to the fourth quarter. Now we're losing 28 to 14 after that punt return. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones 
by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Uh, fumble, right, by by Amari, everything. The wheels kind of fell off. I'm sitting here going, here we go again, right? And then what happens? Fourth quarter, 13-23 left. Fourth and seven. This is a fourth and seven play. They're obviously on a 39-yard line. You're just out of what they consider Mason Crosby field goal range. So right here, hey, man, be aggressive. If, if, you, if you throw a pick, throw it down there around the goal line, right? So they come out in an 11-gun bunch, strong left, halfback same. What does that mean? 11, obviously, 11 personnel, one running back, one tied in. You've got the gun bunch. Here's the bunch over here. You've got all the all the wide receivers bunched together. That's why it's called bunch, hint, hint, right? And then you've got the strong left telling you that the tied in is going to be the odd man out. So he's going to be strong left. Here's your gun bunch on the, on the weak side of the formation. Now, this play call was a chip and shoot, out and go switch, dig climb. What do I mean by that? So – First of all, the chip and go, I'm going from left and right. The tight end is going to simply chip block, and he's going to and he's going to um, shoot, okay, as a chip and shoot. A shoot route is this right here, guys, for those of you listening on the pod. It's just running it completely diagonal towards the uh, out of bounds, okay? So you're kind of going towards the sideline on a diagonal line, and, and the goal is to kind of get the defenders going backwards, but also if they're going to give you that route, that's your safety. That's your safety valve. Your check down for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so that was the chip and shoot, out and go switch. I'm going to change the camera angle here a little bit so I can really highlight it because it was a thing of beauty. So as they line up here, you can see in this bunch formation on the outside, the out and go switch. A switch is simply when a when two at least two receivers are lined up next to each other and they intersect before they start their routes. Okay, that's what a switch concept is called. What's the out and go switch? So the out and go is going to be from left to right. There's your out and go is Samori. He's going to literally come up five yards, break out, and then head up the sideline. That's called an out and go. Okay. Now the go the uh, the big climb is what completes the switch. You've got Alan Lazard that's going to go out and run a dig route, which is basically an in route, and then you've got a climb route from our boy Christian Watson, which is a simply a crossing route that you can kind of adjust. And and I know we had – I think I've seen you share it on Twitter as well, Ryan, him talking about how he was trying to get that safety flat on this, on this play and then on the play later where he runs on the crossing route. But let's just kind of walk you through this switch route that we're talking about. So, again, here we go. Look at this chaos, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you call a switch, guys. I mean, look at this. This is absolutely amazing. And, and Dallas actually did decent defending it. They yep. really did. Like, they come out of the cluster, and they're kind of on the same page. But look at Christian Watson, man. He knows if I can – once once he commits inside, all right, let me get in here in this hip pocket. Now this guy's cooked. Like, he yep. – watch his head. Which way did he go, George? Which way did he go? <laughs> like, no clue whatsoever. And then right here, look how fluid the hips are once again. I mean, that is just smooth as butter. And I want to talk about this ball. It hits him on the nine, Ryan. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, that is – you can't throw that any better. That is perfect. Like, he he walked it out to him. I think it's safe to say that 12 thumbs getting a little bit health, healthier. So, um, again, that was chip, chip and shoot, out and go switch, dig climb, Watson, no wasted motion, and two words, man, speed kills. This guy is – this guy's on him, Ryan. He's there. Yeah. 
Yep. And he just can't keep up. I mean, you can see him right here. He's kind of, he's digging deep. Look out! Look at look at that <laughs> lean on that corner. He's like, my God! See the pain from behind. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was a, like I said, a perfect throw. That what's so cool about this is there was two double moves on the same play. I'm going to go back to the the TV copy here. I want you to watch Samori right here, Ryan, lined up on the inside. You're going to actually see that out and go. One of the things that I've been talking about, I don't think I've said it on the pod, but I've said it in passing to buddies as we're watching this. i got people texting me constantly. It drives me crazy. What's wrong with the Packers? What's wrong with the Packers? And every, almost every time that I see a busted uh, passing play, I'm like, if they ran one double move on this play and Aaron just keyed on them, it's probably a touchdown because – the double moves have been there all year long. Look at this. Out and go. Oh, yeah. He could, he could throw to Samori right here if he wants. Yep, he could. Got him right there. But he he chose to uh, stay with the hot hand with Christian Watson again. And this is what I like too right here, Ryan, as we go to this. Uh, let me go to this camera right here. You can see it a little bit better. This is a beautiful throw. But I want you to see what the rookie does here, man. Secure the catch. Look at, look at him protect this football, right? Yeah, I remember seeing that. That's his number one goal. Two hands, get it in there, hold on. Absolutely. And he's dragging two defenders into yeah. the end zone. That's what's amazing. Look, look at this right here. Dragging two defenders. That right there. I would love to have that on a poster on the wall right there. <laughs> like it's just awesome. Absolutely awesome. So again, the other thing too, just want to say about 12. You can see the pressure here come from the outside. And watch Aaron's pocket awareness. He's he's getting comfortable finally, Ryan. We've seen him antsy. He's he's missing yeah. open receivers. He's missing reads. And and at times it's like the, the throw is there. Just trust your offensive line. Throw it. It's easy for us to say that because we don't have a 320-pound uh, ticked-off guy coming at us, right? But watch him slide up in the pocket. This looks like Aaron. Yeah. And look at look at the flat-footed throw. That's what's amazing. I mean, this ball is coming out from, what, the 48-yard the line, and he throws it down to the 10, basically, maybe the 9, right? And he throws it flat-footed, just, just on a line, over a defender, just an excellent play, man. I'm going to loop it for you. I know you're as big a Christian Watson fan as I am, man. What, what did you think of this second one? Were you screaming like me when this oh, unfolded? Dude. I, I mean, I still get chills, and I, I hope this happens again because, like, I, like I've said before, my son, my son is the biggest. He, he was the one that was in on him first. He, he said when we went and looked at all the wide receivers, he picked his favorite one. Who was the best? He said it was Christian Watson, which I was surprised because we went through the list, and I told him this guy's the best. This guy's the second best according to all the experts. He's like, no, nah, this is my guy. So it was fun <laughs> to be able to celebrate. And and I mentioned the first one is is maybe my favorite because it was proving that he can beat man coverage. But you want to talk about a smooth like the one that gets me the most excited. It's this one. And yeah. and the biggest thing, like I said, where it, it looks like he's doing nothing, but he's really not. The subtlety in his movements are really impressive because he doesn't like a lot of guys. They're they it looks flashy because they put a lot into it. They they their whole body gears down. They slow down and then they launch out of it. He doesn't have to do that. It's one fluid motion. He doesn't slow down. He kind of jumps in, in lieu of kind of stopping and cutting. He just kind of jumps to the outside. You can see him dip his shoulder just to make sure he doesn't really touch him and slow him down. I mean, there's so much in there that's subtle. Even the way that he, he waits until his body turns and then he jumps behind him and then he waits till he turns around again and then he cuts him back. This You know, it's there's a lot of little things that are intelligent. There's a lot of little body movements in there that are um, – you know, the critique that he's just running in a straight line, kind of. I mean, they're deep routes, but there's a lot there. And and if you can refine those things, and again, I, I just think it's one of those where if, if you got him one-on-one, -on -one, I think you screwed up some, somewhere because this is yeah. – he's going to win that every time. And if Rodgers continues to – like I've said before, he's been struggling with accuracy, but I don't think I've seen a bad ball to Watson this whole year. It feels like every time he's thrown to Watson, it's on the money. And – um if this connection continues and that that uh, th they're in sync like this, and you're going to allow him to get open to, to get one on one coverage, they're going to kill you all all year. This is not going to stop, and that's what gets me excited about it. They, even after week one, you know, everybody wrote him off and he drops. But I went back and watched, and every single time he ran down the field, he had one on one coverage and he beat the guy. And yeah. I'm like, you, what? Do you, this is such an unbelievable weapon. People don't understand, and so that was part of what was so exciting about this is. This is what I've been saying. This is exactly what I've said all year. If they if they just throw the ball to him in these situations, he's going to win every time. And you saw 107 yards and three touchdowns. So we saw the man coverage. We saw the 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 scheme to get him open so nobody touches him. And we got a zone one coming up. But 
again, we, we can kill you so many ways with this. If we can just stay consistent, if the offensive line stays blocking for Rodgers, if they can stay crisp with their routes and not run into each other and do stupid stuff, and if Rodgers can stay accurate, I genuinely believe, especially as good as this run offense is, you know, I don't, I don't know how much of a chance we have at this point with all the losses and the tough games coming up, but I think this has the potential to be the best iteration of the Matt LaFleur offense that we've seen. And I know Devontae being gone is, is, is tough, but this is such a scary offense right now. Um, I, again, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm just excited to watch it for the rest of the year. Completely agree, man. If there's one thing that that three touchdown performance gave us, it's something for Packer fans to really tune in for. Like, let's yeah. see this guy grow, right? right. And, and you've got to try to find those little caveats in a down year. You'll drive yourself crazy, right? And it's why I made the list of those five players of, all right, here's the five things I really want to key in on this game. And I'm going to go out and enjoy watching this game. And it may be positive, it may be negative, but we're going to come away with an answer. And Christian Watson has answered. Isn't it amazing too, Ryan, that – yeah, he's got world-class speed. Yeah, he's extremely tall, right, and he can jump. But but he can't run routes, and you just mm. seen it. Like yep. he's already improving on the route running, guys. We we just you know we broke the halfway mark of his rookie year, and he's already showing promise. It's really really exciting. Well, and here's the thing: if if he can't do anything else, do I care? Right. Like, what, <laughs> like, I, am I gonna cry because he can't like kill it on a curl route? Like who cares? Like just I, you know. Be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, if if this is it, if this is all he can do, I'm beyond satisfied with this. I mean, we're going to have to continue to find pieces. I mean, we'll see what Dobbs can do, and maybe, maybe we need a, a a more of a Devontae type of player or whatever, get, get a new slot. I don't know, but this right here, if it never grows anything more than this, is already more than enough in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing, too, is people said, well, you know, he's going to replace MBS. That Aaron never had this kind of timing with MBS. Yeah. I mean, that was what never, you, that, no. yeah. What you pointed out was, you know, every time Aaron's thrown to Christian, it's been on the money. It was never on the money to MBS. No. It was always off, just a, a yeah. half a step or whatever it is. You know, whether it's MBS or Aaron, I don't know, but it was just it. You never had that chemistry. You're already seeing that with Christian, and and uh, that's the cool thing too is. You know, I'm not saying this week Tennessee will come out and respect him with, you know, bracket coverage or anything, but sooner or later they keep hitting on these, it will happen. And yeah. now you've got Randall Cobb coming back from injury working underneath. That's uh that's pretty exciting stuff. So Yeah, and I and I do expect to see less from Christian because now we now they've seen it, right? And I'm sure the response mm -hmm. is gonna be see it was just a fluke. It's not a fluke because the point is this is what we we needed because we wanted it, because we want defenses to respect us more so that they back off so that we can do other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to see Randall emerge. We're going to see more Tunyon. We're going to see more Lazard. We're going to see more of the run game and, and less of Christian. And we're going to say, see, Christian was a fluke. No, Christian is the reason all the other stuff is working. That's the point. We need Christian to open everything else up so they can't just constantly shut us down and compress our offense. So th they're, they're, they can take away his production, but they can't take away his impact on the offense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that itself is a weapon. What I, I need I need to ask you for a favor, Ryan, as I key up this last one, if you could pull up that stat that Dusty Evely shared on yeah. Twitter, I would love for us to wrap up with that and exactly yeah. what you just said. But um, all right, so we're going to move on to the next play. This is uh, Christian Watson's third receiving touchdown. Now, again, the last one, we were down 28-14. That closed the gap to 28-21. to And now here we are, guys. We came down. Two minutes and 29 seconds left, right? Actually, 234 here pre-snap in the fourth quarter, a first and goal play, which I absolutely love. You know they're thinking, all right, we've ran the ball down their throat all, all day long. We averaged almost six yards a carry between Dylan and uh, Aaron Jones, so the, the run was there all night. That's another thing I want to hit on is, like, people were saying, see what happens when we run the ball. Guys, we tried to run the ball in Detroit, and they shut it down. We were averaging right at three yards a carry. When you when you average over five yards of carry, absolutely it opens up the play action pass because you're running the ball down their freaking throat. And again, this Dallas defense isn't horrible, right? I mean, they have two of the best edge rushers in the game. Micah Parsons, you didn't hear his name all night long. Right. This perfect scheme by Matt LaFleur, a perfect game plan, and they executed it 
yeah, to to perfection. So again, this is the fourth quarter. Two twenty nine is when the play happened. Two thirty four is the uh, pre snap time. If you want to go check it out, first and goal, losing twenty eight to twenty one. Game on the line. When you think when the game's on the line, this was uh, Pat Kerwin one hundred and one. He used to be a front office executive for the Jets way back in the day when they were good. Um, but I guess they're good again now. But uh, that's neither here nor there. But he would say, when the game's on the line, think players, not play. Think players, not play, meaning don't just lean on a scheme. Go to your Devontae Adams. Go to your Jerry Rice. Go to, you know, insert, you know, your Tariq Hill, whoever, right? Go to Kelsey in Kansas City. Well, who did Aaron Rodgers go to with the game on the line? He went to the rookie Watson, and I think that says a lot. So this this play setting it up is a 12 ace. That's one running back, two tight ends. That's 12 ace heavy left, meaning both tight ends are on the left side of the field, Okay. So they're on the left side of the line of scrimmage here. Um, and then you've got close twins, which means two wide receivers on the same side of the field, and they are close together here, one being on the line of scrimmage, uh, obviously uh, b- making that play legal. got to have two people on the line of scrimmage. You've got your uh, your attached uh, tight end on the strong side of the formation is one on the line of scrimmage. And then up top here, you've got Christian Watson as the other. Okay, so this play is a play-action drive why leak? All right, so it's going to be a play-action pass, another drive concept where the defenders or where the uh, the receivers are both going to go in breaking routes with one going a little shallower than the other, and you're going to kind of see it turns into more of a crossing route here. And this is what Christian Watson was talking about in his uh, in his press conference of just kind of reading the defense, and you could tell he's starting to get it and knowing what to look for and how to beat defenses. The why leak is going to be your uh, your wide tight end down here is just going to do a little chip block, and he's going to leak out as a safety valve. But you, you can see we never need him. So um, as we go here, it's going to be a play action. Watch how the play action right here, Ryan, freezes the backers. I want you to really key in right here because you got to think, now that we know what the route is, Christian Watson is going to be coming down here, and then you're going to have the other receiver up top. I believe it's Lazard. So you're going to try to attack at two levels, and this play action, the goal is to free up this right here, and if it doesn't free up, then he goes to Lazard along the back line. But watch this play action really suck these linebackers up here. Look at this. I mean, this linebacker is already cooked. Like, he is way too far in here, right? And look at look at uh, Van Der Esch, just those two steps, he's on his heels the whole time. Like, he now he is completely out of the play. Like, Christian has already cleared him, Right and he's out of the play. First of all, look at this. Look at the great pocket, this offensive line, man. I love this combination of offensive line, Ryan. I thought they did really, really well. Now, you've got the wide leak on the bottom. You're going to see Tunyon leak out. He lets his guy go, and look at Aaron Jones pick up that block. I'm pretty sure that's Aaron Jones. Yeah, that's Aaron Jones. Look at Aaron Jones' pass block here. Sells the play fake and then picks that defender up, rides him outside, and gives Aaron the pocket he needs to make this play. But now let's kind of take our focus here to the safety. If you look at this safety right here, Ryan, he's not fooled. He he yep, knows what right. Christian Watson's doing. Like he's like, okay, crosser. Here we go. Right. Look, he he's he's literally a full step in front of him. Yep. Watch Christian cook him. <laughs> and and he's running he's running laterally. He's not running at an angle. He's running yeah. as fast as he can, perfectly laterally, just to try to take an angle on him. He is a full yard and a half, two yards in front of him by the time he catches it. That's unbelievable, man. Absolutely unbelievable. And, again, the safety wasn't fooled. That's just called speed. That's called quickness. And and watch Watson coming out of his break. Like, there's no wasted motion. He knows exactly where Van Der Esch is, clears him perfect. I mean, the, the other defender, the, the defender that's trailing him, I mean, he, he might as well not even be on the field. Yeah. He didn't do it. Well, he <laughs> He gave up a while ago. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> I love it, man. And, again, another perfect throw from Rodgers. You can see the placement of this ball is just right on the money. And some, some people were saying this was a no-look pass. First of all, you're wondering, what, what is he, what, what's Christian doing? He's throwing up a gang sign? What is this? No, he's saying not one, not two, not three. And then he says, I told him, don't sleep on me. Don't sleep on me. <laughs> I love it, man. Love it. Now let's watch it again here. Look at this route. Again, watch the outside jab step, Ryan. Just to create enough. It'd be easy just full sprint into the crosser. But he gives just that little subtle hesitation. Get that DB flat-footed. He's the one that was cooked from the get-go. And look at the safety. All right, I know what's coming. Oh, I got this. I got this. I got this. 
what in the world just happened? Out of here. Now, look at this, Ryan, right here. Do you think that's a no-look pass? I can kind of look see like why. It. I can see why somebody would say it. it's hard to tell, but it. Right. I could definitely see why people would think that. It looks like he's looking not where the ball goes. That's for sure. Right? Yeah. I, I, I don't think it was a no-look pass, and I, I don't think, think it should so get either. cute there. But it just shows you how he can throw from different platforms. I mean, he's throwing kind of across his body with this. Yeah. His you eyes know, might be kind of just glittering off to the side. Maybe it's maybe it's an old quarterback trick. You got your head looking one way, your eyes are going another way. I don't know. Right. And and both of uh, Christian Watson's previous catches, guys, they were body catches. You could tell he, he was kind of, you know, yeah. snatching the ball and, and pinning it against his body. This right here is a straight hands catch. Look at this. Beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous, man. And again, guys, that came literally 229 left in the game. Game on the line. Aaron Rodgers, think player, not play. I'm going to Christian here. Bam. And he could have went to Lazard. Look at Lazard yeah, on that other I was end. Say that. Yep. Yeah. And he chose Christian Watson. Yep, That's exciting, exactly. That's well, it's exciting. funny because, you know, I think I thought about that, exactly what you're saying. After the game, Zach Cruz had posted all of his catches. And remember, he had another catch that was, a, I think it was a third down conversion, was it, or a fourth down conversion? It's a shorter yep. pass, not for a touchdown. But almost every single one, if not every single one of those passes was a major third down conversion, fourth down conversion, touchdown, or both. And that was the first thought that came to my mind, too, is, these are these are really it's one thing to say, you know, I want to get him the ball to kind of gain his confidence. That has nothing to do with fourth and seven. If 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 this is just a matter of okay, he's fast, but he's got some work to do and I don't trust him, you're not thinking Christian Watson on fourth and seven, but he did. In this situation, you're thinking Christian Watson. So again, that that was my first thought is this isn't just a matter of he's young and he's growing. Rogers wants to go to him in critical situations, in, in third downs and fourth down and the that's unbelievable to me that that this is the guy. Um, the heck, there was a bunch of other stuff that I was thinking. The, the other one was Lazard again. And, and it kind of goes in line with the same thing. He could have gone to Lazard. And considering his trust with Lazard, it would make more sense. That's where my eyes want to go. Especially right. when you got the safety. He's sprinting as fast as he can to go get Christian Watson. Go to Lazard. He's in the end zone. Christian Watson isn't quite yet. You know, maybe who knows what's going to happen. He wants to go to Christian Watson. That's incredible to me. Yeah, I completely agree. And and you hit the nail on the head with head with that uh that play that Zach Cruz posted. It was it was like a fourth and short, and it's like okay, who are you going to go to here? And he trusted Christian to make the catch. And it was just a, a short, simple pass play. But like you said, just having that trust in a crucial moment is is absolutely huge. So again, that was uh, that came in the fourth quarter, 229 left, first and goal down 28 to 21. This is the one that kind of set up overtime. Of course, we had the the two-minute uh drill fiasco there. We won't even touch on that, but I just think it's uh really, really cool, man, that that's what it came down to was the rookie. And yeah. uh like I had mentioned before, Ryan, I had asked you to pull that up what Dusty posted. And it's everything that Ryan's been saying all year long is this offense looks different when Christian's on the field, whether it's jet motion or it's stretching the defense deep. It's just you can tell that this this offense looks totally different. And it's easy to sit there and say that, but then you see a team and it's like, man, they're really struggling, though they're not scoring points. What did Dusty Evely post on Twitter? Do you got it there? Yeah, I do. What Real quick, I thought of the other thing that I wanted to say. I was As I was preparing for the podcast, I was watching a bunch of things, and they were admiring how the offense had changed this week and how they were kind of embracing certain things. And they said, when we were down by 14, they never got away from the run. And on first down, every single time they ran the ball. Now, I haven't confirmed that, but that's what he said. If you notice on that play, it's first and goal. Yeah. So they've been setting that up the whole time. First down, <laughs> run. First down, run. First down, run. First down, run. Now we get into first down and, and, and goal. And what do we do? A play action. And look at how bad they bid on that. Why? Because we've done it every single time. They, they didn't expect anything other than a run. So that was that was beautiful from, from Matt LaFleur. Uh, to get that all set up. But yeah, so here's what Dusty Evely said. It's it's a it's a thread, so there's a couple things in here. But he says, um, after excluding a handful of drives, um, here's what I came up with. We'll call it Christian Watson drives and non-Christian Watson drives. Uh, points per drive. With Christian Watson, 1.9. Without Christian Watson, 1.24. Those are pretty small numbers, but that is a staggering difference when you're talking about points per drive. Um, he says, so that's 0.66 more points per drive with Christian Watson in at any point on the drive 
<laughs> then they drive with zero Christian Watson snaps. 49 drives with Watson, 93 points. 51 drives without Watson, 63 points. That's amazing. Um, he says, uh, you want yards. With Christian Watson, 40.5 yards per drive. Without Christian Watson, 30.6 yards per drive. That's 9.9 more yards per drive when Watson takes a snap than on drives where he does not take a snap. And again, it doesn't seem like that big of a difference, but you're talking about from the 40 to the 30. I mean, that's that's a huge difference. On top of that, I went and looked at every single or at, at the teams and their yards per drive. The number one offense who is number one in yards per drive is the Kansas City Chiefs. Their yards per drive is 40.5, which is exactly the number we have when Christian Watson's on the field. We, we are tied with the Chiefs when we have Watson on the field, just to show the impact that he has. Um, he says the Packers have scored a touchdown on 26.5% of drives Christian Watson has been a part of. They've scored a touchdown on 15.7% of drives he's not been a part of. That's 10.11% difference. Uh, put another way, the Packers have had 21 drives on this season. 13 of those, 61.9%, had Watson in on the drive, but he's only played 26.6% of total snaps. So he's played 26.6%, but has contributed to 62% of our touchdown drives. If we want to extend that, extend that to all scoring drives, the Packers have had 31 total scoring drives on the year, 21 touchdowns, 10 field goals. Watson contributed to 18 of those, 58.1%, while again being on the field for just 26.6% of total offensive snaps. He's only been out there one quarter of the time, but he's, he, is, he is transforming our offense. It's no wonder why they're leaning on him as much as they are. I'm, I'm ad-libbing that part. But that's what Dusty Evely had to say. Absolutely. I love it, dude. Love it. I, and it just shows you why they kept trying to get him in the lineup. And, and I know yeah. people were getting frustrated, and it's like, ah, oh, he can't stay on the field. He keeps getting hurt. Let him heal up. It's You could tell they've seen this in practice, and they're like, this. if we could just keep this guy on the field, it changes mm -hmm. the whole dynamic of our offense, which is really, really cool. We're going to wrap it up with one comment here. We got uh, Andy Monday in the chat. Appreciate everybody that hung out with us tonight. But he says, we haven't had a wide receiver that's worthy of a double team this whole season. It would be uh, would be great to free up other guys if some D tries to double nine. And uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. Now, do, do I think Mike Vrabel will do that Thursday night? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if he's seen quite enough to do that off the bat. One thing I will say about Mike Vrabel, Ryan, he's he's one of the best coaches at calling a game to win it. And what I mean by calling, I know he's not calling the offensive plays, but he's got that team geared around whatever it takes because they've got yeah. a ton of injuries and they just keep overcoming, right? And obviously you got the Hoss Cat, uh, Derrick Henry there in the backfield pounding the rock. Um, you know, it, it, isn't it funny that our weakness is our run defense, right? And we're going to go ahead and wrap this big bear up, but our defense – you know, our weakness is run defense. I would not be surprised, Ryan, if we come out tomorrow and somehow, some way, we've got a game plan that's just literally designed around, let's load the box. Yep. We will not let Derrick Henry beat us, and it's going to come down to their quarterback winning, right? And uh, I'm excited to see how it unfolds. Uh, just real quick, maybe just two, three minutes, how do you see that game tomorrow night? Um, what do you what do you think it's going to come down to? Because for me personally, it's you got to stop the run, period. Mm -hmm. right? Is that how you're seeing it? Yeah, it is. Uh, and and the, the thing that I love, especially with the emergence of Watson, is teams can't do that to us anymore. You can't just load the box and say, okay, now I dare you to throw. Nope, you don't want to do that. That's a bad idea. My concern, though, is um, if they're able to stop or stunt our run with a light box, because they are a very, very good run defense. I don't know exactly how they go about doing that, but if they're able to keep a light box and we are struggling to run the ball, I'm a little concerned with our ability to continue doing what we're doing if they're playing, you know, coverage uh, and 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 being able to execute our offense. But I think we need to continue to stick to the game plan. We need to keep chipping away at it. And if they're going to hit us with a light box, we have to be able to win. We have to be able to. And I think we will, because if you look at Dallas, they had eight, nine guys in the box and we were still able to run. I, I, I threw up some stats or whatever. I don't remember exactly what they were, but I think Aaron Jones had 5.5 yards per carry with eight or more men in the box. So wow. if Dallas can do that, if we can do that against Dallas with eight or nine guys in the box, we should be able to beat a light box, even against a really good team. And I think if we can do that and we force them to put an extra guy up, now they're playing our game. Now we go back to doing what we're doing. We run the ball. We throw it over your head. 
and it's just you know you, you protect the body we hit you in the head you put your hands up we hit you in the ribs you know we're just we're just working you over and over again so i just hope they stick to it and i hope they find success and i hope they have another really really good game whether it's watson or lazard or whoever let's just go out and beat the tennessee titans absolutely and again the season's on the line, man. We're, every yeah. week we're getting to see what these players are made of and and are they willing to fight? Is this going to be a team that's not going to give up? I can handle a loss as long as it's, hey, we yeah. fought to the very end, right? And um, just so you guys know, the, the weather forecast right now, they're calling for a low tomorrow night in Green Bay of 23 degrees. There's a 14% chance of precipitation, so it's probably not going to – not going to snow, but I would say it's probably going to be somewhere around 26 degrees at kickoff, something like that. So that's going to come into play too. I'll tell you what, man, there's nothing worse than trying to tackle a ball carrier when it's ice cold like that. It hurts, man. Yeah. And when you talk about Derrick Henry, and if if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm probably going to try to get A.J. Dillon a couple touches and just get those defenders thinking yeah. twice about tackling a ball carrier. But um, Aaron Set Jones has been on one, though, man. I think it's going to be the battle of uh, – the battle of the running game. So is there anything else you want to say as we wrap up, man? Or are we good? No, I don't think so. I'm just, uh, you know, like you said, it's a big game. And I think this is, this is for the season. We're going to see I mean, If they win that, that answers the question. They're ready to go. If they don't, then, you know, we can, again, pick apart the things that are good, the things that are bad and figure out where to go from here. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, dude, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me, man. I really appreciate it. It makes it way less boring to have somebody to talk to rather than talking into a camera. It sucks. But, uh, again, we just want to say congratulations to Aaron Nelson. You won the uh, the Quay Walker autographed jersey. We've got your information. We'll get that mailed out to you. And uh, appreciate you uh, supporting the cause there with FGR. And just to want to kind of remind everybody, the next giveaway is going to be done in a similar fashion. There's going to be a tweet, the retweet. Follow the account, and then you can donate to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry to enter yourself into the hat multiple times. That's going to be a Paul Horning autographed jersey, the green jersey, uh, home home jersey. So we're excited about giving that away. So appreciate everybody in the chat for hanging out. Appreciate everything you guys do for the Packernet Podcast community. You guys are awesome. Um, if you got any questions, just hit us up at the email, like I said, at Packers Total Access or Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at Packers underscore access or at Pack underscore daddy. And like I said, thank you guys for your time. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go.